Welcome to the Today Counts show. Today does count because it impacts, it influences your tomorrow and the day after that and the day after that. The Today Counts podcast is sponsored by the generous donors of the Lead Today community. I'm your host, Tim Piper. Well, it is a wonderful, beautiful, late November day in the hill country of South Central Texas. And today, I just want to lay out from the very beginning, and I don't mean to offend or to hurt feelings, but what I'm going to be talking about here in the next few minutes probably doesn't interest people who don't have ambition, uh, people who don't see importance in their work, people who don't like to work. If you don't like to work, then you should probably just shut this podcast off now. Uh, if if you don't find joy getting up in the morning and tackling new goals, this probably isn't the podcast for you. If you're looking outside of yourself for somebody else to come in and rescue you or or maybe to win that lottery and make those millions of dollars, then this again is not the podcast for you. But If you find meaning and significance in your daily life, in your daily work, and you appreciate head adjustments, um, I listen to multiple podcasts. I like those that are cerebral. I like those that are enthusiastic. I like those that are thoughtful. I like those that share my Christian worldview um, I like those that are rational and, and intelligent. And I guess I would say I, I like to laugh too. And not only do I read a lot, but I love listening to people and their perspectives. If that's not you, then again, <laughs> this probably isn't the podcast for you because I want to talk about lead like and leadership is like. That's what I want to talk about before I get started. You know, when I think about amazing people who have who are living or who have lived on this planet, on this planet, I should say, uh, you know, the ones that catch my attention, the one that causes me to to take another look. Boy, there's there's all kinds of them, isn't there? There's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people living today and in our history as a human race that should turn our heads. You know, one of them that um, I find amazing is a guy by the name of Saul, uh, Saul of Tarsus. He was known as um, in the first century, and then later he became known as the Apostle Paul. He's the one that has written most of the biblical New Testament or New Covenant, as we might call it. And what I think is amazing about this man is he was so committed to his religion of Judaism, um, and, and he he was very advanced in it. He was, as he called himself, a Pharisee of Pharisees. He went through all the, the rituals. He, he did his best to obey all of the laws, to be a rabbi himself, and to be a teacher of, of the law, and he was a lover of Jewish traditions. And um, when the people of the way showed up, and that's that's what Christianity was called uh, right in the beginning, it was called the way. When these followers of Jesus um, 
uh, began to grow in number and in enthusiasm because of their faith in Christ, um, Paul was opposed to them, to say the least. And he was responsible, at least from a leadership position, of the death of some Christians. And he was certainly responsible firsthand on dragging many moms and dads into prison because of their faith in Christ. Now, according to Paul, he had an encounter with the resurrected Christ that changed his life. And what I think is amazing is he went from this religious man to this missionary, this Christian missionary, traveling all over the known world at that time, starting what we call today churches. And of course, ultimately, um, he, he died as a martyr uh, doing that. But I just find that amazing uh, when, when somebody gives himself completely uh, to something, especially when you see a radical transformation. He went from a religious guy. You kind of get the picture that he might have some anger problems too. But as, as he came into faith in Christ, then his whole world changed. Now, I don't know if he wrote the book of Hebrews, but a lot of people think he did and some think he didn't. But in, in any case, I'm going to start with reading to you uh, Hebrews 12, because I think this will be a head adjustment for you. And then I'm going to get into a couple of illustrations that will hopefully encourage you. I, I hope to encourage you. I hope, I hope to strengthen your mindset about how you live your life and how you do your work. And I hope to do it from a Christian worldview, meaning that, you know, you, you're not here by accident. You were created on purpose and for a purpose. And at least some of that is even found in our work, our profession, um, what we do uh, from day to day, even in the monotony, even in the, the little things there is, is meaning. But Paul often used sports analogies um, in his writing. And certainly in this particular place, in Hebrews 12, I, I think you'll get a kick out of this if you've never heard it before. Paul says, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. It is not a stretch in any way to think that what Paul was thinking about was the Colosseum in Rome and imagining it to be full and then making a comparison that uh, in the heavenly realm, we have thousands upon thousands who have gone before us. And whether this part is actually true or not, we don't know. But he's given the analogy that all of heaven is standing on its tippy toes, cheering us on, cheering us on to run the race of life with endurance. And I, I just love that. You get this idea of the Olympics and you hear the music in the background, you know, if you're familiar with Chariots of Fire and you hear that soundtrack in, your, in the back of your mind and that your life and my life counts like that. There, there's romance, there's music, there's hard work, there's sweat, there, there's falling down, there's getting up, there's defeat, there's a victory. 
but the key is endurance, endurance. And he basically, he's also implying that there are many distractions in this life. There's tons of them. And, and you know, call those weights, right? Weights. Lay those things aside. And then also lay aside those sins that, that we commit. Lay, lay them aside. Get rid of them. So that way we're not weighed down by all that stuff. And we can run faster and farther. And then he says, looking unto Jesus. Now remember, he, he was antichrist at one point in his life. He was antichrist. He literally was an antichrist. It says, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy, using Jesus as an example, who for the joy was set before him, endured the cross. In other words, Jesus came to earth for a purpose, and he knew that it was going to lead him to a painful death, but he did it in joy because of purpose. He endured the cross, despising the shame. And there's a whole other Bible study we could talk about, the shame of the cross, and now sits down at the right hand throne of God. But for me, I don't know about you, but for me, the whole idea that my grandfather and my grandmother um, my grandmothers and my grandfather and uh, other people who have invested in my life, who have gone before me, um, are now standing up and cheering me on to run hard and to run fast and to run with endurance. That motivates me. It reminds me that my life does count. Now, let me, let me switch gears Let's talk about the difference between professionals and amateurs. And I know that, you know, sounds a little bit edgy, and I mean for it to be edgy, because I think a lot of folks, you know, they they get a job just to get a job. They get a job to bring money home, to put bread and food on the table, to put a roof overhead, over the family's head. That's what we hear about all the time. And of course, we're grateful for that. But there's more than that. There's more than that. Amateurs just get up and go to work. And they do what they got to do. And they come home and they kind of and they kind of live for the weekend. Now, if you were a high school athlete or a college athlete, you know that there was some vigor involved in that. You knew that there was some training and discipline and uniform approaches, alignment, you know that there was teamwork involved. You know that there was commitment involved. And you did things a, a certain way because, you know, in that sense, though you might not have been paid as a high school or college student, you were on the path to professional um, athletics. I want you to think about how professional athletes lead their lives because I want to encourage you to do your work in a similar manner and how a professional athlete does their work. So not just think about professional athletes, but specifically think about professional athletes who play for a team, a team sport. So whatever your favorite sport is, or maybe you play, maybe it was lacrosse, maybe it was soccer or basketball or football or baseball, you know, whatever it is that is in your mind that, that you see and that you understand best Kind of put that in your mind and then take it to a professional level. And if you start thinking about your work as an athlete thinks of their sport, it will change your approach. It will improve your approach. 
it will increase the fruit of what you're doing. And if you start thinking of your workplace as the Coliseum or as a sports arena, that too will affect your approach. And this is what I want to challenge you to do. So I don't know if you're running, you're walking, whether you're lifting weights, whether you're cleaning house and listening to this through Alexa. I don't know if you're driving in the car or whatever you're doing. But the first thing that I want you to hear today is I want to challenge you to take another look at your life, particularly your Monday through Friday life. Now, before I go further, let's make some confessions. A lot of us who like sports and we transition from high school sports to recreational sports or we transition from college sports to recreational sports, um, something very dangerous happened to many of us. We became what they call weekend athletes. And the problem with weekend athletes is that they don't train. They don't train. Um, they don't train for the sport they love and, and they go out. And, and in fact, we don't just call them weekend athletes. We call them weekend warriors. And one of the things that happens with many, many weekend warriors, weekend athletes, as they play all these games that we talked about at a recreational level, is they get injured. They get injured because they don't take care of themselves physically like they once did. And they walk out thinking they can do what they used to be able to do, forgetting that A, they were young, and B, they trained. And they had coaches and managers that helped them in that process. I want you to carry that on to today. When you stepped out of athletics and into the working world, did you take on the same kind of process? Do, do you practice? Do you take care of your body? Do you do that? Well, I'll, I'll get to that in a second. So anyway, now as you visualize your current work role, whatever it is, um, how does it relate to being a player on the field or on the court? Uh, would you call yourself, I mean, go to work now in your mind's eye. Would you say that you are an individual contributor? Would you say that you are a star performer? Or would you say that you are the steady and reliable cornerstone of the team? Um, or maybe you're the team captain. Maybe, maybe that's who you are. And if you can see yourself as one of these, then, then I think the following couple of points um, hopefully will energize you and re-motivate you to take another look at your life. So first of all, what do athletes do? Athletes care for their physical well-being. They tend to eat healthy, uh, particularly as they move into college. I know that some of the coaching that I got in high school wasn't at the level that I received in college, particularly when it came to diet. Um, professional athletes are known to physically train their body. They, they tend to eat healthy, and they tend to take their exercise to the next level and build strength and mobility where it's most needed based upon the sport. Now, you might not need oversized biceps anymore or massive thighs or impressive shoulders, but your physical health does affect your performance on the job sooner or later. Your physical health not only affects your performance, it also affects your mood, your attitude, 
your perspective. So obviously I'm leaning in and I'm kind of using this illustration that the Apostle Paul used about running a race or about being a professional athlete to take us back and say maybe what we need to do is have more respect for our work than we currently do and think about how often do I sit at work? How often do I lift at work? How often do I walk at work? You know, what are the things that I do that, that I do at work that needs training? If you do a lot of sitting, then you've got to do a lot of walking. You've got to do a lot of exercising. Um, but, but just strength in general and diet in general. If you see yourself as a professional, then you deserve to see your body needed to be treated in such a way. So that's the first thing. The second thing is athletes not only take care of themselves physically, but athletes participate in the creation of what most sports call a playbook or a, a game strategy. And they do that every time they have a competition, a new competition. And why do they do that? Well, they have, they've got to study their opponent's strengths and weaknesses while considering their own strengths and weaknesses. You know, they consider stuff like the weather forecast, the elevation. Is it, you know, is it 5,000 feet? Is it sea level? Because that affects breathing, what you're used to, what you're, is it a home game or away game? Because that affects fan noise. It, it affects noise and communication on, on a, in a team sport. Um, but here's what's even more important. In the preparation of this, let's just call it playbook, um, they create it well before the competition. And it is discussed and agreed upon and practiced. In other words, when that, let's just say football, when that football team comes out, they already have a game plan and everybody knows what the game plan is and they have practiced it throughout the week and they have put it together throughout the week. Do you do that for your workplace? Do you do that for your workplace? Or do you just get up and, you know, you, you stay up late Sunday night and it's back to work on Monday and you just get up and you go to work and you just hope things work out. If you do that, you're acting like an amateur. Instead, what I would encourage you to do is already have your schedule done, have your priorities done, have your, have your goals set for that week. And uh, well, I'll get into that here next. So in the workplace, the playbook would include things like, you know, what, what is your vision? What is your vision? Or what is the vision? Uh, maybe you set the vision. Maybe you participate in the vision. Maybe you are the one that implements the vision. What are the values? What are your values? Because your, your values shape the culture around you, whether you are aware of that or not, because you live them. If someone cannot articulate their values to me, then I just watch them. And their behavior tells me what their values are. So I'd encourage you to think about vision, to think about values, to think about goals, and particularly to think about habits, whatever habits that you need to have. All of these things should have application on a calendar. So these elements then, these, the, these idealistic elements, these abstract elements, are transformed into concrete action items that are carefully blocked and placed on the calendar before that week begins. Because here's what happens to amateurs. Amateurs allow happenstance, emergency, everything's an emergency at work, right? Emergencies, unplanned and undisciplined requests from others to control your calendar, 
to control your work. And therefore, you don't choose your work. Other people are choosing your work for you. And therefore, you are becoming less purposeful and you are not getting done what you really want to get done. In other words, professionals are more planned out, they're more thoughtful, and they are certainly more prepared. Let me explain it this way. Truly, the difference between a professional and an amateur is less about talent, and it's more about four things. Physical training, mental preparation, discipline execution, and dedicated evaluation. So after you go through a day, after you go through a week, are you evaluating it? Are you getting ready for that next playbook? Those are the four practices that make up the rhythm of a professional. Physical training, mental preparation, disciplined execution, and dedicated evaluation. All right, then. That's your thought for the week. That's your idea for the week. Back away. Start thinking about how would a professional go about their week today versus an amateur. Apply that, do it. You'll have a whole lot more fun and a whole lot more success. If you are not part of the Lead Today community, let me invite you. You can go to leadtodaycommunity.com and sign up for the leadership kit. So again, thank you for joining with us. Tell a friend if you enjoyed this. We would really appreciate it.